0: Hello there and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast. Being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I am Brady C. Here with my co-host as always,
1: Adam B. How's it going, B.C.?
0: Howdy doody.
1: It's going, <laughs> <laughs> it's, good. it's going, it's going, how, my friend. How would you like it if in Star Wars, uh, in the Star Wars universe, they just started saying howdy doody a lot? I'm for it. Yeah, I would love it.
0: I'm for as many hoodies, uh, thermal shirts that you can see, um, howdy doody, any human cultural references. I'm actually for. I don't mind. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's do it. Uh, little clamp lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a no. little calf. A little, little calf. calf. Yeah, yeah. We, we we brought in the calf. uh Love brought it. in the calf of this show, but the show because BC, we're talking about Andor episodes one through three.
0: Holy simole, Today. it's here. It's happening.
1: Uh, we did wind up putting off our, our short story. We'll cover that in the future. Um and I think the reason we did, BC, or at least on, on my on my part, is I like this show. I think it's <laughs> I think it's much, much better than and not to say like, oh other shows are bad. I'm just saying this is much up this is right up my alley, whereas Star Wars stuff isn't always aside from it being Star Wars, if that makes sense. <laughs>
0: It definitely makes sense. Uh, this, yeah, so obviously, yes, we're talking the first three episodes of Andor, which released, they're coming out on Wednesday, so we got the drop of the first three episodes all at the same time. Heads up, if you haven't watched them, go away. Um, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Spoily them. Talking time. Spoily time. We're going to be talking about them. We're going to be talking about all the things that we liked, things that... We didn't like, which uh, probably not a whole lot, because uh, I think you and I are both generally pretty enthusiastic about this series. Uh, but
1: that's your general spoiler warning, uh, BC. I'd like to clarify something I said earlier in the uh, the podcast already. And please do, yes, yes. Please. Here, here's how I feel about this show, BC. I I love Star Wars, um, mm-hmm. big Star Wars fan. Uh, I loved Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. I would say that I liked Boba Fett, um, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of Mando. Mm-hmm. This show. As as someone who uh, was a film miner in central arkansas <laughs> as someone who has a, a little bit of a, a critical eye for oh. your cinema <laughs>
0: oh. i see you wearing your tuxedo today too as well
1: <laughs> this is this is the first star wars project maybe since episode 7 came out when episode 7 came out i remember telling people like it's a fun movie like it's good you'll like it i think This is the first thing that I would tell a stranger. I think this is good. This is what I would not be embarrassed to tell someone. Like, hey, I like this show a lot, stranger. Like, I'll I'll stand behind it in most in most aspects of its, you know, production Mm -hmm. and performances and uh, you know, general storytelling. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. (laughs) It makes me feel good. (laughs) Yeah, it's
0: it it does feel like it in terms of quality it's 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 on another level um so far right we're we're yeah. three episodes in but three very promising episodes of what is going to be in total a 24 episode series and then it has uh, to be done which you know i love that <laughs> i think it's i think it's fantastic i think it's great i mean i it, i mean so uh, for anyone who doesn't know i guess uh, Thanks for listening. Um, this, has been, this is based off of the character Cassian Andor, who we were introduced to in the movie Rogue One, which for me is still a, a top tier Star Wars movie. Uh, it, it in, in my rankings is a top three traditionally, uh, can land anywhere in that top three spot on any given day for me. Um, so this is a prequel to that where we get to learn a little bit about the, the character of Cassian Andor, uh, Future hero of the rebellion, Future the proto-rebellion. Yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, Spoiler alert: He doesn't live too much longer. Uh, if you haven't seen Rogue One, again, if you haven't, until we for learn in
1: this show, BC, that that particular mission, he was just a synthetic <laughs> that they sent. He was a he was a, a,
0: a synthesoid who was created. Uh, He is going to come back in his true Casa form uh, (laughs) later. He can't die. Heroes can't die. Um, Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be like I said, talking about those first three episodes. I do want to just do a quick, as quick as I can, blast through the story of these three episodes. Uh, Open up a little bit after that about some more of what we've already started talking about, things we liked, uh, things we loved production design, all that sort of stuff, but I just want to go through this as quick as I can uh, to get both my brain up to speed for what we're going to talk about, maybe remind myself of some things, and uh, some of you out there, too. So I'm going to go chronologically. I've broken this down into the past and the present. So the story... We got two um, timelines going. We're we're doing a classic cutting back and forth between timelines, which is a, a staple of... It seems like everything these days. Uh, so uh, we are going to be cutting between the past and the present. I don't believe we have a time on the past, but it's definitely a much younger Cassian Andor uh, on the planet of Kanari, um, and we meet him living with a group of fellow indigenous uh, indigenous people on the planet. Do we Qunari? know that
1: for sure, though, BC? Is it like, did you get indigenous people from the the Wikipedia, I guess is what I mean. Because what I, I was wondering, why are they only kids? Did mm-hmm. they like crash land here years ago? You know, like I, I can't be certain about where they're from or why, I guess. I like... think,
0: I I guess we don't know that. It's not for yeah. sure. I mean, it seems we like are... they're
1: totally unfamiliar with, with spaceship tech. So maybe they're indigenous. But I, I think was we're just are... like, I, I don't know their story.
0: No, and I and it's I don't know. We I I can, I can take some issues with some of how it's presented, but I think we are led to believe that these are indigenous people to Kanari. Okay. Is the sense that I get. Um, so we meet them. They see what we will come to find out is an imperial ship crashing out of the sky. Uh, they form a search party to go and investigate the crash. Casa leaves his younger sister. Put a pin in that uh, behind to be a part of the search party. As they make their way uh, to the crash, we see a massive amount of mining that has taken place on the planet Canary. Uh, the search party arrives at the down ship. We see dead Imperials who
1: are looking a little green in the gills. Are they. So they. I, I mean, they refer to them as. A, it's a Republic ship that's coming. So. I guess It looks like they have CIS patches on their arms.
0: But I, I guess they're proto I, Imperials
1: okay. is kind of how it feels just based right. off the tech inside of the ship. But yeah, yeah I yeah. guess Republic, I mean it looks like the Tantive IV and a little bit on the inside.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. they I guess yeah, it is it's noted as Republic a Republic frigate is what okay. is circling above that's that's going to be coming to them. Um so the leader of the Canari search party uh, is doing an investigation and is shot by one of the survivors of the crash. Uh, the Canaries then launch a volley of blow darts uh, at the survivor. He is, uh, I guess, killed by those darts, <laughs> is what it seems like. He's kerfuded, um, yeah. He is kerfuted. Uh The party disbands, but uh, young Cassa. He boards the ship and does a little investigating, uh, sees his reflection, starts to smash some things up in the ship. We are then introduced to Marva Andor, a young and spry B2 emo and an unnamed traveling companion. I don't know if we know I'm assuming
1: that's Cassian's father, because he has Cassian's pistol. Yeah, Uh, that's... or we, adoptive I don't, Father.
0: Yeah, Adoptive Father, yeah. We we I don't think we're given his name, but that, that no. is who I was assuming it it was going to be, because he's I think going to be later referenced uh in this episode. Um so we do find out that the the Republic ship is approaching the crash site. Uh there is a bit of a language barrier because Cassian does not understand Marva. Marva does not understand Cassian. Uh so she sedates him. In an effort to save him and whisk the young boy away from his home planet and everything he knows and loves for a new
1: life, because they're like they're just going to carpet bomb this place when they hit. Yeah, here,
0: right? yeah, it's that it's definitely painted as like, oh, it's if uh, we're justifying that we're taking this boy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it seems like they do have to do a little going out of their way to be like, it's fine that we're taking him. Yeah, which is. Uh, kind of concerning, but I guess yeah. it's nice that they are like, no, it's going to be really bad if we leave him here to die. Um, yeah. So that's our justification for removing him from his home planet uh, yeah. and then taking him away. So we'll, we'll just say that's fine. But I'm sure we'll get some follow
1: up there. Yeah. I'm
0: really hoping we do. Yeah, I, I think it's important that there may be a little more follow up on that. Um, So we see him uh, escaping on the ship with Marva, B2, and uh, his adoptive father. Uh, And so that's the past timeline. In the present, which is going to be 5 BBY. This is important to note because the way this series is going to be structured, the entire first season is going to be in the the year 5 BBY. And then the 12 episodes in season 2, each three block of episodes is, from what I understand, going to be a year. So we're going to count down five uh five bby season one episodes one through three are four bby three bby two one so on and so forth so we're we're getting closer and closer to to rogue one in the timeline as we progress
1: through the story he, i have heard that he's gonna not cut his fingernails in between those years so that we he's have gonna, a visual representation of yeah he's much,
0: gonna grow them out
1: like the long. guinness book of world <laughs> <laughs> of records guys <laughs> yeah. that whole track time visually
0: yeah and and then we see him ceremoniously cut them right before Board the start right, of World right. 1, One yeah. picks up. So we we're, we're all clued into the same thing. Cassianander,
1: you got to cut those things. Cassianander you can't keep growing those nails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a true hero of the Rebellion. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that voice a little later. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we are now in the present. It is 5 BBY. Cassian Andor is searching for his sister on Moriana 1 at a Star Warsian house of pleasure. Uh, he is accosted by two local sentry uh, guards from a corporate police force who are also at the pleasure den uh, after he is unsuccessful in finding his sister on his way out he's accosted by these police guards and uh inadvertently kills one of them and advertently little, kills the other one
1: <laughs> little little funny there on my rewatch BC he kills that guy just by backwards headbutting him.
0: Yeah, it's a backwards headbutt murder. It's a classic. It
1: <laughs> gets him right in the, it uh, r- gets that brain, that nose bone into the brain, I guess, V.C., if I'm to believe my grade school. Uh, I
0: My only thinking, polygraph. because it's, I don't know, we, we, we can break down the scene a little bit more later. I do want to run through this, but it is shocking and quick. My only thing is maybe it's the way he lands, because he bashes him hard. Maybe he just, like, lands weird on, directly on his head and is dead. I don't know, uh, but yes, he dies. Didn't bother me the first
1: watch through. The second watch through, we were like, wait, what? How did he die? But he anyway.
0: died by a head smash. Uh, his friend died by a blaster shot to the face. Uh, yeah. More Cassian on that shoots from, him. more on that from me later regarding that particular uh, moment. Cassian returns to Ferrex, which is where he is now residing, and begins to tighten up his alibis with B2 emo and Brasso. Great Star Wars name uh, for the murders he has just committed. We're then introduced to his main antagonist of our opening three episodes in a self-tailored and uniform-modified visage of Deputy Inspector Karn. He is outraged, outraged by the death of two colleagues, but his uh, superior officer is not as concerned. Again, more on this later, because this scene is... (laughs) <laughs> Tasty, uh, who's just kind of like, eh, don't worry about it, sweep it under the rug. But but Deputy Inspector Karn, he's a man on a mission. He will not stand for this, uh, and so he is going to form a he's going to form a search party essentially and, and try to get his man because he is so outraged. Um, Cassian is going to meet with Bix, uh, a, a local Ferrex friend of his, potentially past fling. Seems unclear, but definitely something there. Um, I think they might
1: have on. canoodled a little bit in the past.
0: I think maybe they know know their way around a Star Warsian pleasure den, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, he meets Bix as he works to set up the sale of a valuable Imperial NS9 Starpath unit with a buyer that Bix knows. Uh, we then learn that there is an, an APB. There's a warrant out on Ferex for someone who sounds suspiciously... Like Cassian Andor, uh, as the man who may have committed this uh, murder. Cassian returns to his homestead to Marva and B2 Emo, who alert him of the warrant that is out for his arrest. Uh, As he is plotting to go off-world, he meets again with Bix at a bar, who confirms that the buyer is coming to meet with Cassian. Tim, who is Bix's current lover, oversees this and he... He flies into sort of a, a, a drunken, jealous moment, and he's going to rat, rat out Cassian immediately, because uh, he, he doesn't want any competition. Uh, we are then introduced to Sergeant Linus Mosk, a real Scottish cop weasel, big Blue Lives Matter energy, uh, who is very much in line with the outrage of Deputy Inspector Carn, and they are going to prepare a force to arrest Cassian Andor. Uh, we are also then introduced to Luthan, the man who talks like this <laughs> nice. as he arrives on Ferrix, uh, and takes a very nice looking shuttle into town with a man with a lovely hat and mustache. Uh, and one of a big my... old
1: Bluetooth. <laughs> uh, he
0: just, just uh, he's just like straight up 2005 taking phone calls yeah. about his boosters and add-ons that he can provide for you. Um, the police force uh, lands on Ferex. There is the worn out for Cassian Andor. They start to draw a crowd as they are closing in on Cassian. Luthan meets Cassian in the Warehouse of Chains, uh, and it becomes apparent that Luthien- Luthan is, Luthan, I keep wanting to say Luthien. Luthan, Luthan uh, is... I
1: mean- in either one sounds just as silly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Luthen, Luth, my name's Luthen Cassian.
0: Uh, Luthen is interested in more than just the uh, imperial tech that Cassian has and wants to recruit Cassian for a larger fight. Don't you want to fight these bastards for real? He asks, uh, "the stow- the town is rallying in opposition to the police force by clanging and banging on all sorts of things." Uh, I saw as- an air
1: fryer basket. <laughs> One yeah. guy just kind of like gingerly tapping an air fryer basket.
0: The uh, first three episodes, big big on uh, clanging and percussion in general, uh-huh. especially the guy at the the top of the tower. You know this yep, guy. Yep.
1: Yeah, boom. excellent. Boom, boom.
0: Yeah, lots of lots of great clanging on Ferrex. top-notch stuff. Um, Cassian and Luthan are uh, they're being surrounded in the warehouse of chains. Luthan blows the door, killing two men as they are attempting to make their way out. Hey, that's that's rule two, by the way. Build your exit on your way in. Uh-huh. Uh, rule one, of course, never care anything you don't never control. Never talk
1: about rule two. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, don't talk about Fight Club. Rule three... Talk like this. Uh, And so they... There's a whole lot of chain action that happens as they get out of the facility. The main thing is that Luthen is recruiting Cassian. He's more interested in Cassian than he is the NS9 Star Path. Which Um, gets
1: left in the dust.
0: Left in the dust. And that thing's worth up to 40,000 credits. So, I mean, that is primo stuff. Um, They head out of town searching for a speeder. Uh, Tim tragically shot. Oh no, Tim, down, uh, trying to save Bix, who has been suppressed by the police force. Uh, generally, we see the police force beginning to scatter as their brilliant plan to arrest Cassian Andor on a hostile planet falls apart. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, then we get Marvel with the great line saying, that's what a reckoning sounds like. You want it to stop, but it just keeps coming. It's when it stops that when you really want to start to fret. Uh, as the clanging stops, uh, we see we see the police force, uh, real sixes and sevens here. They think they've got Cassian and Luthan as a a speeder ship of some kind, some sort of local transport vehicle comes out. It's upended. Uh, they think they've got them. Oh, no, they're not in there. Classic build your exit on the way in. They blow it. Some more, uh, some more corporate officers die. Cassian uh. and Luthan escape to Luthen's uh, shuttle on the speeder out of town. Uh, we are left with a, a nice little cello outro as we see the various faces of the people of Ferex and what has just transpired. Thus, uh, oh, they're drinking thus, their troubles.
1: They're drinking their endeth, troubles away, you know?
0: Yeah, they're drinking their troubles away. Thus endeth the the first three episodes. The, the prologue, it feels like, of the, of the Andor series. I gotta say. First watch. I don't know that I was let down. But I, I maybe bought into some of the, the hype. Of everyone saying this is the greatest thing that's ever occurred.
1: And so I was like yeah that's good. I wasn't even aware of that hype. Where was, I was that? I, I mean I feel feel like I still haven't seen that.
0: I just from people I follow on Twitter uh, critics who had access to screeners uh, okay. generally generally that sort of like this is the it's oh my goodness it's the best and it was good and I liked it the first time I loved it the second time I watched it uh there's a lot of I would say my my feelings about this there's a lot of nuance in this that I probably missed on a first watch because I wasn't expecting that level of nuance. <laughs> in yeah, a Star don't Wars show, get it. <laughs> because we have not had that. It was n- definitely not there in Kenobi. Which you know, again, we we love things, but we can take umbrage with 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 how some of them are produced and made. So we, we're big Kenobi boys, but there are things where we're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of the ridiculous no. in this.
1: I, everything clicked for me, VC. Uh, oh, I did want to mention one more thing in the plot. Yeah, uh, Cassian does not shoot his antagonist even though he yes. ties him up. Uh doesn't shoot him. Anyway, yeah. um it it's it clicked so, so much for me when you were like, "Hey, the production designer is the production designer from Chernobyl." I had a revelation so deep BC where I was like, That makes so much sense. That's exactly what my brain was trying to like compare it to, which didn't make much sense. And I think production design—that's my the the most important thing in any any work of fiction for me. Um, Because I, you know, I watch Blade Runner over and over. Blade Runner isn't an amazing plot, or like you know, like it doesn't have incredible uh, character scenes uh, all the way through. But if you've got a realistic looking world. I can suspend mm-hmm. my disbelief so much better, um, and that that level of care in the production design, I think, is just like it's there everywhere in, in this show so far. Yeah,
0: uh, and we'll go out of our way to to point several of those things out. I do want to note: I, I listened to uh, so this is the showrunner's Tony Gilroy, uh-huh. who's uh, famous for the the Bourne movies. Uh, he wrote Never Michael Clayton. Um, he's uh, he's. Largely responsible for a lot of uh, what's good about Rogue One. Uh, uh, he's a fantastic writer. I listened to an interview with him. Uh, shout out to another podcast that has uh, about probably uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners, <laughs> uh, which is The Watch on the Ringer Network. But they got Tony Gilroy uh, on the show. And to the point about production design, what I loved was he said, he was talking about this show and he's like, the, the first conversations that I have going into this, is with my production designer, right? Like he's he's like that's that's where where I'm going to begin, all, all everything for Thank what goodness. we're going to do, and it's, I mean, you being a, a film major from Central Arkansas, obviously you <laughs> know film minor, uh, minor. <laughs> oh film minor, sorry film minor, uh, a minor, but you might as well have been a major. You're so good at it. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> the 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 importance of production design on something, it, the the details to. To which uh, a production can go into are incredibly important. Um, you know, working in the world of student film, it's like, hey, can we can we borrow this location and shoot in here because we have access to it, not because it's it's what we need, right. want, or desire, but because it's available. That's one thing. But when you have control over sets, costumes, light, oh, sound, the costumes, the, the feel things of are dirty. It <laughs> it makes smiling. such a t- like the ferrets feels like like such, uh, you the the fact that you can see their breath as they breathe like it's cold there like you yeah. get the sense that that this is uh, it's not an easy place to live like it's it's dirty it's run down it's I mean they're it's tight knit uh, yeah they're they're stripping ships for parts like it it feels like Pittsburgh in the winter would you know in like like a steel city. Like it feels lived in. There's there's texture to everything. There are everything. aliens. <laughs> there are... There's aliens, but they're not in abundance, and it doesn't go out of their way to be like, look at the alien, you know. Well, I think it, they
1: are in abundance to the point where you don't even look at the alien. I guess is like, the, if you yeah. look at the amount of bodies versus like Anchorhead and Obi wan was like a bunch of people in brown cloaks, you know, right. like disheveled. This is like. It just the background has a bunch of background aliens that aren't there to draw your attention so much as it's just like be Star Wars texture. That's the thing. It's
0: because a lot of times it's like, look at this creature we made that doesn't really serve a purpose. They just feel like they're part of the environment. Yeah. Um, So I think it is felt how much they look at this and say, okay, let's talk about production design as much as we're going to talk about story which obviously is important but but production design as, as someone who's been lately working on in films and doing that sort of stuff is like what you really want to do is give as much texture to the story that you're creating because it's part of the story It's it's part of the visual language of what you're telling it's going to reinforce and make better the story that you've already got i think part of what we've seen with Book of Boba Fett, with Kenobi, is that some of that kind of got lost. Maybe and it's you know how much of that is due to shooting during COVID and yeah. the constraints that happened there. I mean, that's that's all stuff that's understandable. But it, it feels like this show, even with the COVID constraints, went out of the way to be like, this needs to be at the heart of what we're doing is how this looks and feels. So huge shout out to the show for being uh, just top-notch on production design
1: yeah yeah and i mean literally chernobyl like i came away from that show being like wow the production design oh my <laughs> my it was incredible <laughs> mm, and <my> like, <laughs> bring it to star wars and uh you can see the money on the screen here which makes me feel less like a an idiot because i feel like an idiot sometimes when i'm giving my money to one of the biggest corporations in the world who's supposedly spending millions and millions of dollars on the product I'm watching, and it looks like it was made for television, like, you know, 10 years ago or so. It just looks a little thin. This thing looks expensive, which, like, I need that. I need that to to justify being like, I'm a big Disney fan, you know? Yeah, it, it... I
0: don't know, it's... It looks... It looks head and shoulders above what the, the at least the last two things that Star Wars has put out on on the D plus, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think going forward they should take notes on everything that this show has done in terms of production, um, because it's to me it's like it's not quite film level, right? Like it it still doesn't have quite the the visual. Sense that that say Rogue One has, but for a TV show, it's it's miles above what they've produced so far, and it's on par with with the visual language of of other top tier shows. So it's 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 almost like a relief to finally see them catching up to what I yeah. think the expectation <laughs> has always been yeah. for at least for the last two shows. Like, hey, it would have been cool if you had done this for Kenobi. It would have been yeah. cool if you if you had done this for book of boba Fett, too.
1: If we if we hadn't seen the volume so clearly. Uh okay,
0: yeah. And
1: it, yeah, the the
0: volume in Kenobi, I was I was volumed out. I was like we need to we need to rethink some stuff. This was like a breath of fresh air having sets, having textures. I mean, there're still some things where it's like yes, it's flat, but it's not in the volume. There are very real tangible set pieces that were made
1: for this. Uh, yeah. so that that was nice to see. Yeah. So, cheers to that. Um cheers should, to that. Should we get into discussing maybe some of our favorite characters in the show VC, Our
0: faves. Our faves. Yeah, let's uh let's jump into our favorite characters. Uh we've prepared a, a list of of 5. Yeah. Uh so if we, maybe... if we
1: share the same characters on our lists, we'll, we won't be doing We're, 5 each. We will we will
0: both be speaking of our love uh of those characters. I want to start uh, with a character who I I was was shouting out just a little bit earlier. I'm calling him, because I don't believe he's got a character name, uh, Sentry Guard, who is shot in the face. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sentry Guard, who is shot in the face. I I picked him as one of my top five characters because this actor goes out of his way to give a top-tier performance In his, like, one and a half scenes that he has in a Star Wars,
1: And it's so important, because it's the opening one and a half scene. It's, like, critical. It's it's incredibly
0: critical. And the way that he sells this moment to essentially be a fantastic scene partner for Diego Luna, as he's legitimately, like, begging and pleading for his life. Which is only gonna up the stakes for our hero Andor when he blasts him in the face, because there's a certain point where where you as the viewer are kind of like, hey, maybe don't, you know, maybe, maybe don't shoot the guy in the face. And then when he does, you're like, oh, this is this is how cold
1: this is. See, it's, I I that whole time was going, please shoot him in the face, please shoot him in the face. <laughs> I mean,
0: I I get it, but but he's giving a performance that can make you yeah. doubt that Cassian's gonna do it. Yeah. When he does it, it ties back so well to our introduction to Cassian in Rogue One, where he's going to shoot the guy who's got the limp who can't escape with him. You're like, oh, yeah, Cassian Andor. Like, it's yeah. a reminder of who this character is. But the way that he takes that little bit of a scene that he has and just is like, I'm going to dial this up to 150, uh, was was a great indication of what this show is going to be, essentially right off the bat. Yeah. So. One of my top five characters, a sentry guard who is shot in
1: the face. Well, that was one of my top five as well, BC. Um, I think he's great in that that opening bar scene too, uh, which is like, okay, you know, because that that can easily be like, okay, I get it. We're in dark Star Wars. We're in a brothel. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. And if it would have had the performance quality of some of the Boba Fett stuff, it would have been really cheesy. (laughs) Cheezeroni. But also, um... uh, Something that I love about this show is that yes, the the bad guys are are fascists who deserve to die. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't humanize them, you know. Right. It doesn't make it doesn't make the enemies less despicable for you to identify with them in some ways, you know, like Uh, so yeah, I I love that this is the world that Cassian lives in, um, and that he's smart enough to know, like, nah, dude, this guy's—I gotta kill this guy. This guy's gotta go. Yeah, it's not gonna go well for me if I enter the, the justice system, (laughs) like, with his word. (laughs) It's—I
0: don't know. I, I, you just—I love that without having to explain everything that's happened before. It's like, oh. He knows what he's doing. He's done it before. And he knows exactly the consequences of the actions that he just took. Like that. that it's I mean, that's the thrust of what's going to happen. It's like this is the obviously it's the inciting uh, action or incident or whatever you want to call it that that sets his story in motion. Like, yeah, I murdered two fairly important people. But it's not like I haven't done something similar, and I know my way to, to sort of start <laughs> getting around this. I've got to go start making alibis, start working my way off planet. Um, but it's, I don't know, you just get so much character without having to have your hand held and told yes. who this is. You are You are given moments and story beats that inform you and performance that informs you as opposed to exposition, exposition, exposition. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's the, the layers and depth to it.
1: this audience a little bit for the first time in a long time for Star Wars.
0: <laughs> I mean it's it's it feels almost cliché but this is it is much more adult. You know like that yeah. it's
1: it's it's clearly
0: aimed at a, at a more a mature audience. We get uh, uh shit is canonical in Star Wars <laughs> Oh, goodness everyone's talking about it. Uh, but like yeah, it's just it's it's aimed at a more mature audience which feels nice because there are star wars fans of different ages and probably not going to be as appealing to a nine-year-old
1: yeah and that's I don't know. okay a nine-year-old might love it might you know i don't know yeah <laughs> i think i would have but yeah it's not it, it's I, a little I'll confusing to have your your I, main hero uh <laughs> open i'll up say this i don't think a base.
0: nine i don't think a nine-year-old is going to understand this as much as they will That's, Kenobi, because yeah. Kenobi's going to hold your hand. Fair. Book of Boba Fett's going to hold your hand. This is is fun Star Wars, but there's layers in depth here that I had to unpack on a second watch. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty well versed in you know
1: interpreting story at this yeah, point yeah. in my life so it's like yeah there's there's a little more to this than your typical star war well let uh, me let me bring on one of my favorite characters and i believe one of yours as well uh <laughs> vc and that's uh chief inspector what's his face hide <laughs> hi chief inspector Hyde. um and this was a moment where i i i got really excited about the show um because Chief Inspector Hyde is, you know, the head of this corporate security force. Um, and, oh man, I identify with this character so much. I feel like this is who I am in my life where I'm part of a terrible system. You know, like, I'm not super proud of the work that I do. Uh, you know, but I try not to make things awful, you know? <laughs> like, I try to, <laughs> mm-hmm. I try to not make the world a terrible place. Yep. He's like, you know, so this report comes into the murders, and we have also in the scene, uh, is, uh, did you say his name is Karn? That's, yes, is right?
0: Deputy, Deputy Inspector Karn.
1: Deputy Inspector Karn, who's an overzealous, you know, person trying to rise through the ranks and wants to get the murder, to which this... Uh, the chief inspector, who I, I don't know this actor, but I I love it so much. Um, his his performance in this, uh, where he's just like, listen, this looks like some some guys are being assholes. They tried to hassle someone. They got killed. Like we don't, know. we can't. <laughs>
0: it's 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 funny. I don't know if it's 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 interesting to me because it's not what you would expect. Right, like, typically from the the bad guy, fascistic side of Star Wars that we see, normally it is going to be, we are the Empire, we are going to crush this. Yeah. This is like a guy who's like, this is bureaucratic bullshit, and I don't have time to deal with this. Yeah. And he is, It's it was the second watch when I was like, he is so clear-sighted about this incident, and why it's not worth pursuing, that you're like... Yeah, he's right. Like, there's no need to pursue this. Which sets up the deputy to be, like, a great antagonist because he's like, no, justice must be served. I will be the hand of justice. You're like, listen to your boss who's like, hey, they shouldn't have been there. It sounds like they were doing something wrong in a place that they shouldn't have been. And they might have gotten what they deserved, because I remember working with this this guy. He was a total douchebag. So, you know, I don't have a lot of sympathy for this particular situation. Also, I have to go report to the higher-ups about the level of crime right now, and uh, the point of that is brevity and not to get into why we've got two dead officers on the planet. Yeah. So let's just not. And, And he leaves, and Karn is like, I heard what he just said. But I'm going to do the opposite. And you're like, what a knob. This guy, like, it sets him up so well, too, to be like, what a weasel.
1: We know exactly where his arc is going. And, like, that's such a... That's such a more compelling, like, I saw someone, you know, on Twitter, uh, just like a generic post of a bunch of pictures of of Anakin and Vader, and it was like, has anyone ever had a better character arc than Anakin Skywalker? And I was like, yes, absolutely, of course. (laughs) Yes. 100%. But this Karn, that character has a better arc in these three episodes, like, I'm not going to say a better arc than Anakin Skywalker or whatever. I'm just saying there's so much work done in his character in these three episodes. Uh, and he's also on my list. Um, I don't know if he's on yours. Karn? Yeah, yeah. He's,
0: he's not on my list, but he easily could have been.
1: Um, uh, but the just, ri- I,
0: I, To the point, the writing of this is, I think, just on a
1: different level. Because yeah, I mean, there's a point it, where the chief inspector is talking over him he's like i heard you i heard you or whatever and i'm like we don't get that <laughs> we don't get like realistic dialogue
0: <laughs> yeah i i mean the those our first the first two characters are are totally i mean they're they have a, a scene each basically right yeah but it is the way they're written I sh- I mean, he- again, huge shout out to the performances too. Yeah, the way that they're performed, that that sell so much of what we're doing, and it's I don't think it's a coincidence that they're both up top in episode one, that they do so much heavy lifting in such unsung roles, yeah. right? Like, sentry guard who's shot in the face. Okay, great. Like you can go in an audition for that and be like, all right, great, I'm a sentry guard who's shot in the face. This actor goes in and is like, I'm gonna give a an, an Emmy Award performance. In this one role that I've got, because because it's what the story demands. Yeah. Like, as, as a director who's had to work with actors before who have small roles or smaller parts in a larger production, sometimes it can be hard to get people to invest and buy into those parts. Yeah. Right? Like, it, whether it's an ego thing, with because I've worked a lot with young actors, whether it's an ego thing of like, oh, I don't have that much of a part. It's like, I need you to understand You are an integral part of the story that we are telling. If I can't get you to invest 100% in your performance, you are going to make this production worse. I do not want that to happen. I want you to give 100%, even in your small part, because we are telling a story. It's not about me. It's not about you. It is about the story. And you get that investment from these actors in these small roles that are just like, mind-blowingly good like mind-blowingly good uh i was shocked on the rewatch by the quality of what i saw in these scenes where just like oh man this is like top level just coming in off the bench hitting hitting a three-pointer making a block on defense coming down hitting another three and then and then hitting the bench you're like wow okay amazing amazing performances
1: It's real TV. It's like a real TV show. That's what I was thinking in that scene. I was like, look, I'm in, and and the production design was part of it because that was, you know, more and more as I'm watching this thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, they got the old computer tech. They're not going to shy away from that at all. In fact, they're going to highlight it. Um, but we have got you know immediately Karn is like I think the opening thing is even like did you you change your uniform and he's like oh yeah I sewed some piping on the pockets whereas like the the chief looks like he's in coveralls (laughs) like Mm it's the same uniform but it's lived in Um, it's It's, I'm uh, quick
0: uh, tease we're going to talk about our favorite scene uh, that's that's it, uh, <laughs> yeah. and 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 there's a little bit more that we can add to it. I don't want to do it too much in the character section, but uh, uh, yes, everything that we've said about that scene, I love for for such small detail reasons that that I think it's fantastic. Um, so we've got Chief Chief Inspector Hyde, sentry guard who is shot in the face,
1: and we uh, talked about Karn a little bit. That's enough talking about Karn. I just like Deputy his, Inspector Karn. I like his arc uh i like where we're going with it yeah i got all those men killed for being overzealous it's (laughs) it's beautiful
0: there's more i want to talk about karn too but we'll do it in another section um uh uh quick hit b2 emo i like b2 emo fun little droid character Liked I was the voice
1: mixed at first because it just sounds like Conky from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. Pee Wee. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. especially <laughs> since we cut directly from like someone getting shot in the face to Pee Wee. But on a on a rewatch, I enjoyed it. I liked him. Uh,
0: quick hit B 2 emo. Love him. Uh, I I don't want to go through this list without giving recognition to Cassie and Andor. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Diego Luna. I don't know. I, there was uh, some annoying. I I don't want to even pay attention to this, but you know, there's all the like uh, crappy people out there who respond to stuff from their like. Oh, this is woke, whatever. Why is Diego Luna leading man? Because uh, he's a leading man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> shut clearly, the fuck up. Go sit down. he's got chops. <laughs> he's he's fantastic in this role. Um, bringing back a character that he's already played before, fleshing him out. Uh, Setting us up to go on a journey to to where he is eventually going to be, I think I, I'm just excited to watch him throughout this entire 24 episode run. Yeah. I think he's I think he's going to like he's going to be like a top tier Star Wars character by the end of this, just because of the level of writing that he has and the quality of performance that he's going to give. So, uh, shout yeah. out to Cassian, and then uh, I'm also going to add uh, Luthan. Oh, uh, I love I love Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, I think I he's too. I think he's fantastic. It's I, it's going to be a treat to see him continue in the show as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Not not a ton to say about him. He's got a cool cane. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> nice. You know, they have another well done scene where he's got like a guy you should be suspicious of in the in the plane with him, <laughs> like or in yes. the, the the taxi. Um, but yeah, he's cool. Uh, he's also, you know, well versed in action. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, any other
0: top five characters for you? That yeah, were yeah. not the, already on the list.
1: The leader, uh, the leader of the, uh, the tribe or indigenous group or mm-hmm. whatever, who, whoever the, the group in the past is, uh, the Canari, the canary yeah.
0: lead hunter or whatever. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I thought that was an incredible performance from, uh, from someone who has not much to do again. I just thought she was well cast. I liked watching her a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also love that those scenes weren't subtitled. Oh my goodness. I thought it was great, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's another character for you, BC. Fantastic. Uh,
0: I mean, there's no sure. I mean, the thing that I, I love is I had a hard time narrowing my list. I'm like, I love Brasso. Who just yeah. is a small character? Who's he's ready to create an alibi for Cassian? Bix also fantastic. Marva is great in her yeah. in her time, like just fantastic performances all around. Hammerman, uh, so. the Hammerman, getting ready to to do his hammering, <laughs> love like it. the ritual of that. Like uh, uh, you love to see that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, so. Early on, we've got some some characters. We're going to be meeting some new ones next week because we are going to be just taking a decidedly left turn uh, from our prologue first three episodes as we head into parts unknown for for young Cassie and Andor. Yeah. Um. So I just want to piggyback. We talked a lot about it. Our favorite scene, um, in terms of the the Chief Inspector Hine and Deputy Inspector Karn. Um, you touched on it too. The the fact that he that the costuming becomes part of the character beat. Like that's the sort of integration in production design and character that you're like, that's that's just thinking that little extra bit that adds so much more to this moment. Yeah. Right. You could he could easily have just been in a thing, but I love the fact that he's like, is your have you altered your uniform? Oh yes I've done some piping and some minor tailoring. You're like immediately the look and the feel of this guy, you're like, ah, like it's I can't describe like it's so it it feels so weird for us to be talking about this little scene. Relatively minor scene, but the way it introduct introduces characters that integrates everything about film is is on another level brilliant. And I don't think we
1: can stress that enough. It is very important. Yeah. Also, the yes man behind him. But he also has the piping on his uniform. You know, like, he's tailored it up, too. He's just like, yeah. these two zealous <laughs> assholes. Yeah. And, you know, something uh, something my fiancé said watching it was like, that's exactly how it works. There's, you know, just a super big uh, douchebag who's going to ruin everything for everybody, and it just takes that one other asshole, yes. and then it's over. It's like, it just takes the one... Not I wanted yes, to,
0: man. yeah, I, I wanted to shout out th- this because I didn't really know where to fit it in in sort of our uh, our favorites list here. Uh, but honorable mention for the um for 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 favorite scene, which is which is the end of episode three after they've sort of escaped from from the warehouse, and we see their the the inspectors and his little deputy his little sergeant friend yeah we see them coming face to face with with the reality of what of what their actions are yeah right like this idea that these overzealous cops are going to another planet to enforce something that they have been told doesn't matter but yeah. they're gonna do it anyway and they're gonna go and we're gonna enforce our will because we are in charge of this place. We know best. We are going to get stuff done. As they see as they see that they've gotten people killed. Yeah. They've gotten their own men killed. Like the moment when like over the comms they hear like there's two of them and they're heavily armed. You just see them like, "Oh shit." Um this <laughs> this is not going how we thought it would go. Yeah. Because the reality of what that is is slapping them in the face, and you're seeing that reflected in the performance, too, of I think we might have made a mistake in what we're doing if only we had listened to the old, wizened Chief Inspector Hyde who knew that we had no business doing this or being here, but because we are pompous uh, in our authority and in our force, we're going to go forward with it. As you see that, like, crumble around them as they're making that escape... And they start to like scatter and there's confusion and chaos going on. That scene, it reminded me of how well a city scene can be done when compared to the big fuck you battle at the end of Book of Boba Fett that is almost incoherent compared to what we saw at the end of this, which is like dramatic. The pace, the score, everything was like the clanging, the silence, like was brilliantly structured to tell the end of this story in a coherent way yeah. that that the Book of Boba Fett was incapable of doing. We're like again, everything led to to the to the dramatic action of the story being clear, concise, and meaningful. That the clanging pays off when it becomes silence. That the fear that starts to set in as everything they thought that they were going to do because we're important and we're in charge is falling like they are falling flat on their face in that moment is top level action storytelling
1: it yeah. is so good yeah there's so a, there's a reason to care about the explosions and the pew pews and also people take cover adequately oh my gosh we finally have people hiding from lasers like they might get killed which <laughs> is that's a big deal for me you see
0: um <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's, like, I just wanted the, to, to, to shout that out.
1: Karn is like, are we just going to stand here in the middle of the street? And I was like, no, hopefully not in this show, uh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you would the, have
1: the, in Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: yeah, the sergeant's like, point taken. <laughs> he's yeah. like, what up? You know, like, <laughs> let's not stand in the middle of the street because we are about <laughs> to die. Like, we are not welcome here and we are not in charge. Like, the, just some of the performance stuff that, the, that you get from them. Like, just reactions to shots that you're like. Oh okay yeah this is this is quality there's yeah. there is a quality here that has not been present in other things
1: yeah i love it i love it bc um so does that does that wrap up our character or we just did favorite scene um we've got uh, character
0: we've got scene uh let's talk uh, let's do set or yeah. production piece yeah uh um, what's what stood out to you is there a favorite set is there a favorite production piece prop
1: it's it it's so difficult, right? Because the it's all so good. <laughs> and the,
0: yeah, I like know. The,
1: the control room or, or the, the, the room in the crash ship is yeah. like, it's amazing. It's exactly what I want in Star Wars. But it's also like very much relying on what's been done before. Like yeah. like it's a visual aesthetic we've established. Um, whereas, you know, like a lot of the apartments on the the planet are kind of a little <sighs> newer and also just as good. Um, but one thing, like, the thing that stands out to me most is kind of epitomizing the production elements I love of this show, is there's a moment where Karn's, like, standing outside of a door, and he's nervous. He's, like, trying to hype himself up. Uh, and the wall is, like, that duraplast wall that's got dirt on it in a way that doesn't look scene-painted. Believable, (laughs) like, lived-in, used future. And they go in, and they use a circular computer screen... With the dots going across. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Star Wars has been hiding from Star Wars tech for so long. They're like, oh, it doesn't make sense. No, just lean in. And they use that computer for a a sequence, you know, to say, oh, here's a, a, a ship. And, like, you can believe, okay, here are the trade routes, here are, like, the flight paths, and these are just, like, you can believe that that's the universe they live in for a second, like, or at least I can, uh, and it's so refreshing to have that computer in use. And the same with, like, the telephones work with only four buttons, you know, you gotta do multiple presses on each, like, it's Morse code, like, I, I don't know, just... The the yeah, computers I, I, are my favorite prop or my favorite piece of the scenery. I guess is what I, I'd say.
0: the The moment with the the tracking the flights, you do buy that completely. You're like, oh, that's the route that this ship would have taken because it's all part of Karn tracking down, you know, following his lead that because he's a he's a go get him kind of guy, uh, figuring out where where Cassian ship was was heading to so it's like yes we're going to use the technology that's in front of our faces and point it out and make it clear what's happening it's not just a piece in the background that looks like good set decoration which yeah. it does it looks like great sec- set decoration right that you've got the the curve lines the lights that are moving around on it but to give us the exact here's the nature of what this is and here's what's happening i thought was fantastic uh, yeah. I also want to shout out, this is a prop thing, but the, uh, the, what is it called? The, the S nine oh, star yeah. path thing. Yeah, that yeah. thing looks sick as yeah. hell. Yeah. That was um, also cool. I love that. You're, I, again, I I did like the down ship, the interior of that I thought was great. Yeah. Um, and this is a weird one that I really liked the maroon and yellow little shuttle that Luthan takes with the yeah. with our Bluetooth guy. Yeah. It's I love that thing. Yeah. I loved that
1: thing. It looks it looks like it's real in the shot too. <laughs> or at least it did on my TV when it's landing. I'm like, "Ah, that looks that doesn't look like CG. That looks great." And <laughs>
0: it it just felt like you know, it 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 served like the the color palette of it served the purpose Uh, to say what this thing is right like that yes we can shuttle you back and forth to something but it's like this is the sky train that you have to take to get from the airport to the city like that resonates with me as someone who used to live in New York and be like ah you've got to take this particular train to go from here to there this felt like this is and it felt like of a time it felt like a little it felt dated it felt lived in it felt old it felt like something of like like you're looking at something from the 40s or 50s like it had that sort of patina and age to it, but the the clear indication that like this is for human transport and it was built as part of an infrastructure on where we live.
1: Yeah, and I was yeah, like, and it's yes. written in in a way that's not crazy exposition, uh, like an excuse to have the scene where it's like we're circling. You know, like this is infrastructure. Like it yeah. sucks here too. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: Uh, again, the detail, the detail on all of it on the sec and it took me the second watch to to gather all of that detail to be like oh this is on another level you know what i mean like it's those small things that on the first time you're like oh this is fun but it's those small things when you watch the second time you're like i just appreciate this so much more for what they're giving us with all of this stuff again uh, production design uh, incredibly incredibly important so good it's so um, good
1: and then you got another uh great british actor in that in that scene yeah, too being like that
0: guy that guy just comes off the bench again yeah. he's just firing darts man is perfect
1: at like it perfectly like i don't know if you're just a nice guy or if you're up to something like it's like <laughs> he's so good at like hitting that like it's a little bit too friendly uh we all know that guy <laughs> yeah it's like
0: anytime you're on a train and you're in public transportation a lot of times like please, please don't to talk to me no do talks. not talk to me please no one talk to me i don't want to start a conversation with anybody and then there's the guy who does and you're like all right i'm in it <laughs> like you, you feel like you're just like oh great fantastic somebody's gonna ask me about stuff <laughs> all right i love it uh yeah but oh. I, like it's so it's so simple but you just add you throw that character in and that scene has so much more
1: depth. I uh I gotta mention the uh the security ship with the drop ships. Um, I thought that oh, was yeah, a cool yeah. design, both interior and exterior. Uh, and of course I love the Briar pistol. This has got to be my favorite prop. PC. I figured. Yeah, it was like Andor's got a Briar pistol, and it seems to have emotional significance. Wonder how he's gonna I... lose it.
0: I mean, I, I wonder when when that's gonna come and and hit the market because you know I'd love a, a replica of that. It looks amazing. Yeah. Seeing that thing in action, whenever he holds it uh, to Karn's head, and it does NBC. a little flip, flippity yeah. flop,
1: amazing. Which is lovely. New. I mean, I've never seen that in, in animation before, uh, but I love it.
0: It's yeah, it works works great on on in in live action. Uh, fantastic stuff. All right. Uh, finally, well, let's wrap it up. A uh, favorite sound or or sound design element.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, VC. That's like there's not like a a. A noise that stuck out to me specifically uh, so much as like the the depth of the sound design being full is kind of more my favorite thing like one one example is when he enters the nightclub we he's get he's like hey you know we don't do the weapons and then when he comes out you have that again just like very quiet in the background as he's leaving where it's like oh we're in a living world got it there's like other people out and about and that happens kind of several times you know, anytime there's a crowd scene, it just feels it feels like people are actually living somewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I I'll go more I'll skew more towards um, I guess score in terms of oh, the wow. sound. Yeah, well, uh, I mean it's it's brilliant, but it's really uh, good. the the end of episode two where we you cut down from that transport ship. That there's just some the shirtless
1: drummer like going. Like it's <laughs> it's like a
0: legitimate like rock banger track where you yeah, like you're, yeah. it's, it's like hype music. Um, shout out to that. My my actual winner is is the end of episode three. Um, the cellos the cello. It's like it sounds definitely like cello scoring that's going on as we're just sort of left in the aftermath of of everything that's occurred and we're cutting between the faces of all these wonderful actors that we've been talking about, the underscoring that's happening there, it just left me, like, starting to feel a sense of, like, wonder and excitement about who these characters are, what their story is, and if I never see them again, that's, I'm, I mean, it will be tragic, but it, the moment that it gave me as an audience member to see You know, it cuts to Brazo, who's a a relatively minor character, but the look that that guy is giving as he's taking in what has been an incredibly... He just
1: killed a man.
0: Yeah, there's, (laughs) there's an incredibly traumatic event that has just occurred on this planet that, like, you can tell it's not just gonna be like, all right, we're off to our next space adventure. Like, we have to live with this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we on this planet are gonna have to deal with this shit that just happened, which is significant. Death because is real on this th- show. Yeah. If they thought those the the two guys who were more murdered on Marana One was something, like oh an entire force basically just got blown away because they decided to invade this planet. This this seems like it's going to be a big deal, and the cello sounds going underneath that. Like underscores all of that in these great performances. Again, there's there's just something about the synthesis of every element of this show being weaved together in a way that you're like, yeah, this is this is just how this is supposed to work. Yeah, like, this is how <laughs> these are. This is the base expectation of how good expensive TV should be done. We've yeah. missed it in the last two productions. It's here, and I'm so grateful.
1: And that's what I get frustrated about you know for missing is just like the the money isn't the issue like in a lot of other things you can be like the money's the issue Uh, here it's not and you know I think they've done a good job with the I really like the Mando and Boba Fett soundtracks Uh, I like the new track and the new Mando trailer Um, but I like I'm so glad Star Wars is is experimenting with different kinds of music and I love the, Mm -hmm. the mix of kind of like 80s synth stuff popping up just a little bit in this um, I feel like it's just right. Like it's not overdone. Um, it just complements the more traditional uh, elements of that beautiful soundtrack. i wonderful,
0: wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I I legitimately don't have any really anything bad to say. I mean, uh, you know, uh, tiny nits to pick. It'd be nice to know more about Marva taking Cassian from his homeworld and getting a little more explanation on that. Uh,
1: but, uh, you know, the dude who died from a headbutt—little A little weird. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but generally, that's kind of it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but but generally, every everything I have is just—it's so uh, obviously we've been lauding praise on it for for a while now. But but uh, just thinking about it practically from you know, a a production standpoint that's upholding what is already a well-written story. I'm just, it's like a breath of fresh air to have something like this. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's, it's incredibly exciting to have another episode coming out on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked, uh, BC. Uh, I, I think I am going to miss... I, I almost, after watching this, there was a part of me that was like, man, I don't even want to see the Empire right, right now. You know, like, I'm just... I'm so... I love the scale of this where we are, um, and I just get nervous about... I don't know, about something working worse, but I should really just, you know, shut up and enjoy the ride because I know at the very least I'm going to love the production design, and that will that will take me far. I couldn't believe how many locations we got. We got more real sets in these three episodes than I think we've had in Star Wars in the past, like twenty we'll years. It, maybe?
0: We'll, we'll paint paint the floor of the volume a different color. All right, there's a new set. Throw some sand over there. There's a new set. All right, great. Yeah, no, this, this was this was this was not that. This was a a welcome departure.
1: Do you have any predictions? Uh, going forward bc i don't know i really don't uh i i predict that
0: i'm gonna going to enjoy the ride i mean it's i mean they're, they're not really predictions because we've seen some stuff of of what is to come but i think the scope and the scale is going to to shift dramatically we we got a very certain tone and feel in these three episodes i'm looking forward to to the shiny sheen of the world of Mon Mothma and and the, the world of Luthen and where he comes from and how, how that intersects with, with a a world like, like Phyrex and a a character
1: like Cassian. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, what the internet rumor mill has been spinning up, which is obi Wan's going to be in the show. And I'm like, please, please don't put Obi-Wan in the show. I love Ewan McGregor. I love Obi-Wan. Uh, but no, it's not. <laughs> let's not bring in anybody. Mon Mothma's enough for me. I, and yeah. we're going to see Saw Gerrera, right? Yep, uh, he's definitely in cool. this. Yep, he's absolutely in
0: this. Uh, maybe K2SO at a certain point as uh, Cassian's companion. Yeah. Makes I, sense. I feel like that's going to make sense. I yeah. mean, it makes sense for him to be in the story at some point because of the relationship that they have in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and certainly that he's... He is seemingly going to be infiltrating the Empire because that's what he knows how to do, and that is where K two comes from. So, we'll see. We'll see that at some point, I'm sure, which which will be fun. But yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to to seeing what what is in store for us as we explore uh, more more things.
1: Well, let us know what you think out there, y'all. You know, uh, drop us a line, drop us a comment, uh, leave us a tweet. You know, just talk to your friends. (laughs) Yeah. We want you to feel that we're your friends, except we don't know you personally.
0: (laughs) Except we may, because our our listenership is probably the four people that we do know. So Uh, we love you all for listening. Hey, (laughs) how's it going? (laughs) How's it going, Paulette? Um, Yeah. yeah.
1: Looking forward to seeing where this goes, BC. Uh, It's going to be a great time. And we
0: will be talking about episode four and don't worry about the star wars adventure journal we haven't forgot it we'll talk about that as well next week uh so keep an eye out for that but yeah we're uh i think it's time to log off of the old cargo bay shout outs to cassie and andor episodes one through three i've been bc that has been uh the the cargo bay sure, <laughs> episode yeah. t- uh, 27 one of our patented <laughs>
1: sign-offs <laughs> bye forever y'all
0: Go snook yourselves.